Hello and welcome to the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Podcast 2.0. We have Pod Father Chris Colette. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Enjoyed a, hey. a couple of beers and a cigar tonight. A uh, little post-work activity with some of my golfing buddies. It's a new Thursday night tradition. We're starting during the winter. Uh, yeah. Get, leaving work and it's dark outside kind of sucks. So, uh, yeah, we're every Thursday, uh, cigars uh, and a beer or two on the way home. Slight 35-minute like detour, but no no big deal there. That's, <laughs> hey, that's all right. The Thursday I wonder how long I can get away with this uh, <laughs> with Liz thinking I have a work dinner every Thursday night. I like these Thursday night traditions. And um, we also... You heard that man laughing in the background. Drum roll, drum roll. The return. <laughs> Log Dizzle. Mr. Logan Bryant, how are you, sir? I see the Kentucky in the background. Appropriate. How are you, sir? What? Oh, I am doing good. Doing good. No, no beers, no cigars, but I'm doing good. Glad to be back with you guys. Glad to see you. Glad to see you back it's on the podcast. Minute. And since we've seen you, we've had another UT Kentucky matchup, of course. And um, you know, we'll we'll skip over that one real quick. We won't we won't do that to you. But we did want to talk a little bit about the UT Georgia game because it was such a big matchup. So we got the we got pretty much dominated in this one. Um, Rocky and, flop. Yeah, the Rocky flop, of course, but. Uh, you didn't like that Rocky flop joke? Was that the too Who much invited there, Logan? Mr. All right, Chris, give us your take on the uh, big Who invited there Logan we, this uh, week? Uh, we got rocked on. What do you say, well, Colette? Uh, it was an obviously uh, a very tightly contested contest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. I just thought Tennessee was going to score a touchdown, get a stop, score a touchdown, get a stop, score a touchdown, and be within one score. Uh, part, of that ha- part of that happened. Uh, I think Georgia's crowd probably uh, made a 14-point difference. Uh, granted, I would say it was a 21-point game uh, <laughs> the whole time, so I don't know that that really uh, mattered in the final outcome, but I do think it, it was about a 14-point uh, swing Georgia's way. Uh, just the way it was every single possession for Tennessee. Uh, either they would they would get a play, get, gain some yards, have like a second and five, and then all of a sudden it's first and 20 because there was a holding penalty. Uh, and that happened at least five possessions where they any, – anytime they started getting anything going or before the drive even started, the first play of the drive, uh, they were behind the sticks. And Tennessee's really good when they're playing uh, ahead of the sticks as far as second and six, uh, third and three, uh, especially because they go for it on fourth down so often. Uh, but whenever they're just moving the sticks, they're on that little wide receiver screen, uh, gain five yards, run the ball up the middle, gain five yards. Uh, when they do that and play a clean game, they're hard to beat. They they played a sloppy game. Uh, Georgia looked really good. Georgia looked like they had about 47 five-stars on their roster. Uh, <laughs> Tennessee looked like they had three. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, Tennessee did make a, a whole bunch a, of pre-snap, you know, jumps. Uh, and I mean, it, you know, I had I had a buddy of mine at work tell me like, yeah, we hadn't done that all year. I'm like, well, it's because y'all been playing at home all year. Like, let's just be real. 
Um, the crowd is it's it makes a difference in college football. I don't really it know does. why, but it really does. Their pre-snap penalties weren't just like one of those. The guy just a look. We're talking like three seconds. Like he's jumping, he's jumping, and they're like not even trying to snap the ball. Like there was one where uh, the tight end was in the slot, Princeton fan, I believe. Uh, he's at full sprint, and everybody else in the offense is just standing there, like, uh, what's like, and especially if you're a tight end, like split out wide, like all you're doing is looking at the ball. Like you shouldn't even. I I don't know what the hell he was doing, but it was stuff like that. It just happened over and over and over. Uh, Georgia. Uh, Tennessee actually controlled uh, Bowers. He, d- he didn't kill them. Uh, I was really worried about that. Uh, I didn't think Tennessee played a bad game. They just had so many penalties that were just asinine. Uh, and then can we talk about that, the end zone? The Was it a forward pass? Was it a fumble? Was it a safety? Yeah, let's um, talk about that because it was it, it was obviously obviously not what was called. I think there were I think there were two other options that could have been called, and that's the way I saw it. So, talk about it real quick because I want to see your opinion on this. I mean, everybody knows the play we're talking about. It was the uh, back in the uh, end zone. Let's see, we fumbled yeah. correct, and with our offensive lineman picked it up. He tried to run out, but he didn't look like he got out. He was a good yard from getting out. Yes. Uh, I thought it was an incomplete pass because it was one of those, uh, his arm was going forward with control of the ball and it kind of squirted out after he's going forward for about four inches. Uh, but that's still technically by the rules. Uh, it's, it's an incomplete pass. Uh, so I, I saw that angle of it. And then the other one was, uh, yeah, if it wasn't an incomplete pass, Tennessee's lineman was was clearly down in the end zone. It's a safety. Those, there was only two options for that play to be called. And leave it to college football refs, but here we are. Uh, they decided that the Tennessee guy fumbled it forward. I don't know if he said he didn't have control. I haven't really heard an actual what the hell happened to it. I think it's good that the game was a blowout because it kind of got uh, s- swept under the rug like nothing yeah. happened, but it did get swept under the rug, and I think it, it would, if that was close game, that call could have been disastrous. Because I, I, the way I look at it, like I just try to look at it and see what what did it look like. Just play it in motion. What did it look like? It looked like a fumble, and it looked like a safety. But Logan, I, what do you think about that play specifically? Well, I was actually listening to the radio uh, for that play, and I mean, every college has Homer do you know Homer radio everywhere they go. Right. Nobody's bigger homer though than Tennessee radio. Uh, and, I don't oh, know. Man. Kentucky sports oh, radio. My gosh. Is oh, Tim my Priest still the color guy? Money. Was, Tim Priest. <laughs> is Tim Priest still the color guy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it sounded like okay. the dude who'd been doing it for a while. Tim um, Priest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, he is total homer. But uh, but even uh, all the radio guys were saying there's no way that quarterback's arm was moving forward. It was definitely um, moving forward. And if you know. So they were all basically saying this has got to be a safety. It's it's going to be a safety, and then they were shocked when it wasn't. So that's all I have to go by was, right? Homer Radio thought it was going to be a safety. Did you so, see the play afterwards at all? 
I did. And that, I mean, no part of that lineman got out of the end zone. Like, I don't oh, understand. It's not right. even close. The ball's well, not why, even out of the end zone. No. That's why I don't understand the option they chose. Like, it, it had to be excluded from the options immediately. Like, he did not get out. <laughs> yeah, there were two options. It was the incomplete or the safety. Uh, Tennessee had probably been better off if it was safety. That way they could have just kicked it deep. And uh, two points isn't going to change anything in that game, honestly. Uh, even at the time when you're like, Tennessee still may have a chance. Uh, two points wasn't going to kill you, but uh, potential giving up the short field and almost an instant touchdown. Uh, yeah. That so was a have- strange moment in time for me at that point because that was probably the only four hours of the day I was awake with the flu. So I was on the couch and trying to figure <laughs> out what in the world did they just call? Like, why did they call that? And uh, turns out it was not a fever dream. One of the things I like about not being on the podcast is I get to – blow you guys up with you know all your terrible takes the next morning as i'm listening to it um chris this bowers guy do i remember last week you said you would draft him first overall because he was that dominant if if i already had my franchise quarterback yeah so you don't want any piece of will levis but you want this bowers guy who totally disappeared when the team could have scored 40 i I may have put ten dollars on him to win the Heisman uh, this year. <laughs> he's a hundred. He was he was a hundred to one. Uh, ten dollars to win a thousand. Uh, there's no clear front runner for the Heisman. Uh, C.J. Stroud <laughs> looked awful. Uh, Hooker obviously had a bad game. I think he'll rebound this week. There's not really a front runner. Like there's nobody there. And I think at some point we're gonna get to the part of the season where they're like, Georgia is head and shoulders the best team in the nation. Uh, Stetson Bennett's terrible, so we can't give it to him. I think Bowers could kind of sneak backdoors way into the conversation, especially that last game of the season against Georgia Tech. He he may put up uh, like 200 yards receiving, and they may try to give him a little Heisman push. So you yeah, say but, Bennett's terrible, but his stats aren't aren't that bad. Um, I mean, if you're just going statistically, that freshman at North Carolina who somehow oh, they're eight and one, Drake, Drake May. Yeah, I mean. Statistically, that dude's not bad. I assume it's going to be Stroud just because if they go undefeated. Um, like you said, I don't really know if there's anybody that's he's head and he's shoulders had a above. Bad games though in a row. Penn State and North. I mean, Northwestern was weather related for the most part. I would assume. Uh, he, he's, All right, he, this is Logan. You, you, we were joking earlier about having you on the who invited you on the podcast. We invited you on the podcast because we need some balance here a little bit. I think so. Break us up on the homerism and give us a, a solid take of what UT is doing this year and what you think can be accomplished. Uh, Tennessee is good. I do think they're legit. Let's um, go ahead and end the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm I, sure I had I'm, to, we have to give him his time because then we got to bust on Will Levis again. <laughs> it's the Will Levis hour. <laughs> um, you know, I. I'm friends with a bunch of non-Tennessee fans here in Knoxville. Um, several of them are Ohio State fans or whatever. Um, the worst. And all of us agree that Knoxville is just a better place when Tennessee is good. The problem is when Tennessee is really good, Knoxville is just obnoxious. Like it's not even like I talk about like in my office, you know, Fridays are generally fairly loose. There's not a lot of people coming into the office. As Tennessee kept winning pre-Georgia – 
like Thursday, nobody's in the office. Everybody's starting to leave early on Wednesday, you know, the week of the Kentucky game. I mean, it's it's getting a little crazy here in Knoxville. Um, Tennessee's good. They're legit. Um, I, I think they're much more of a system offense than they are a talent. I don't think Jalen Hyatt's anything special. Um, somehow the dude is still wide open. I don't get it. I'm surprised Georgia didn't let him run free as young as their back end was. Um, I think he might have ran free. They just got to the quarterback before uh, <laughs> Hooker had a chance to see that. I mean, Hook, I, but do you I'm think part- that like Hyatt and um, and uh, I'm blank a number four? You think those two are Tillman? Like, yeah, you think they could play in the pros? Tillman will. Um, I mean, Hyatt's built to. Like I said, I've, I've every time I see him, he is wide open, nobody within ten yards, and he's catching them all in the end zone. So just four three speed. I, I'm um, just gonna tell you he will play in the pros because he's got like 15 touchdowns this year. <laughs> I think he'll get drafted regardless of if he's that good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he may be, but I, I mean that that scheme they have. Um, so Tennessee is legit. Are they on par with Georgia, Ohio State? I don't, I don't think so. Um, but I have not seen Ohio State play anybody either. So we'll see. I do think Georgia is definitely better i you know had lunch with the guy today who was like oh man i hope we get them again in the playoffs i was like no you don't man like georgia's definitely better like, and that's okay they are um but i just feel bad what's going to happen to tennessee when your boy decides to take him a nfl job next year and you guys go back to lane kiffin looking for turd <laughs> ferguson out there all right, this is something we should just discuss right now then. the Because the, Hypo, obviously, with, uh, you know, there was always the rumors. Or, well, just kind of the, because of what happened to Lane and USC, everybody kind of has in the back of their mind uh, him in Oklahoma or uh, because he went there and played there. But um, what do we think about that uh, that potential and the NFL potential? Like, to me – I was trying to think about this the other day. I was texting you all about it because I know it's a different lifestyle for sure, but it seems like he's got it pretty good. And, you know, if they can just booster his pay, like I know it's not the the dream college football job, but it's a, it's a good one and he can make a lot of money and do really well. And I don't know, maybe he. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to you either, Boyd. It's okay. It's okay. Boy, get just you dropped on the, off the call. He'll, get he'll you come on back on in a second. This is going to be fun whenever we start talking about this and Boyd's going to hop in and be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't think Boyd understands, especially with NIL, how sucky it must be to be a college coach in any sport. Like, you're always recruiting. You're recruiting new players, current players, you know, players on other teams. I mean, there's there was all this... Um, conversation that Tennessee was recruiting Kentucky players after the game, basically going up to him like, Hey, you should, you should come here. You need, you know, we could use you here. Um, I mean, as a coach to keep up Will with Levis all that was not one of those players. <laughs> he was not one. I heard that was on the, the top of the list there. No. Um, but like, why would you do that? If you have the option to go now, I don't know how successful he would be, but um, all those guys that get the opportunity to try, I mean, you just do. So I don't, Welcome you back, the boy. question about the uh, hypo going to the NFL. Chris yeah, called you an idiot, and I was trying to stick up for you. 
All right. Thank you, sir. I apologize about that. But yeah, so the, you, you were probably answering the question. I, I you know, I don't know the, the difference between NFL and college that much as far as the day to day, but seems like he's got it pretty good. And I guess you were answering that already. I will summarize Logan's answer because uh, just so you can hear it again, because me and Logan both agree on this. Um, number one, uh, being a college coach is not ideal. You're recruiting 365 days a year. Even in the dead period, you're still uh, recruiting, uh, just not officially. So, I mean, there really is no offseason. There's no offseason in college athletics. Uh, there's none. Uh, and Tennessee, like, the crowd's amazing. Uh, the school's fun. Uh, it's not the best job in college athletics, uh, unfortunately. I hate to admit that. Uh, and the allure for the NFL. I mean, the NFL, you do have an offseason. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's been mildly successful, uh, probably more successful with the Cardinals than he was Texas Tech. Uh, so as far as hypo success, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's a better coach than Kingsbury. That's a low bar, but I know he's a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I don't know that his system so would what's really your, what's your, work. Uh, your quick prediction then. What's he? Uh, where, where is he in three years? In three years, in where is he? Three years, I would take not at Tennessee. I think, I think that may be a toss up, but I would say not Tennessee. All and, right, Logan, what do you say? Uh, I have no idea. I just assume if you're offered an NFL gig, I mean, everybody takes it. I mean, there's there's nobody that consistently turns that down. Um, I think if he's offered, he's probably gone. Um, he now, like, for instance, Cal, though, like somebody like Cal, that's, is that different in college basketball, do you think? I just don't think he's an yeah. NBA coach. Like, I think I think that's about Hypo. Like, Hypo has a different – he's not a Saban dictatorship kind of thing. We think a college guys go to the pros and they try that dictatorship thing. It doesn't work because your players make more than you. Uh, so, as far as that goes, I think Hypo has a chance to relate to the players that way. Uh I don't know if he would be a good coach or not. I truly don't. I do. I mean, there's a difference between basketball and football. I mean, the you know, your 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 who you're dealing with in basketball is so much smaller. I mean, historically, the the coaches that don't work in the NBA that transition from college are the yellers. You know, Patino, Cal. I mean, the guys that are just yelling, it just doesn't work. You know, you have to have a Brad Stevens that is going to go talk to them. Um, and not just scream at them because, like Chris said, they make more than you. They're more important than you are. You know, go kick rocks. I, you, I you mean, mean like a, Patino trying to run the uh, full court press with the Celtics? That, <laughs> no, go with, ahead, all, Chris, with all his old Kentucky players. Yeah, yes. Walter McCarty, number zero. <laughs> I I do have a Cal story about going to the NBA. He was looking at uh, a job. It was before he took the Nets job. He was looking at a different one, and. One an NBA coach said, "Are you sure you are you sure you you'd be interested in that? I just don't see that as a good fit." And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I think I think I can win twenty more games than they won last year just just by me being the coach." And uh, the the head NBA head coach is like, "Yeah, you're you're worth at most five five games as an <laughs> NBA head coach, like five games." And I think it was a team that won like sixteen games the oh, year, wow. the previous year. So he's like, he's like. <laughs> You, you know you're about to lose 60 That's games, awesome. just so you know, if, if you if you want to go do that. So, uh, and he he didn't That's take that funny. job. He he waited an extra year, then took the Nets job, and uh, that went really well. So, uh, yeah. 
Uh, well, uh, we'll we'll break away from NBA talk for a second, and uh, we'll go. Let's talk a little bit about Eli Drinkwitz extension at Missouri. Uh, I really, I'm. I'm totally unfamiliar with the situation, uh, to be honest. So I'm going to rely on you all. But, uh, Logan, let's start with you on this one. Give us the reactions and uh, what do you think's going on there? So, basically, right before the Kentucky game, when um, Kentucky went to Missouri, it was announced that Eli had got him a contract extension. And I remember sending a text to you guys saying, what are they doing? And – I believe it was Chris Collette who said, oh, I'm sure they're just adding a couple years onto his contract to help with recruiting or something. And I, I thought there was no buyout associated with it either. <laughs> I thought it was just a, just a fake two years. No, sir. Uh, they added a couple years, gave him a 50% raise. Uh, <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz, in his worst year at Missouri, is um, going to be a $6 million man right now. They're not going to make a bowl this year. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I was trying to look it up. I assume at $6 million, you're probably top 20, maybe top 15 in college football. Um, now, that probably puts him like 6th, 7th, 8th, I don't know, in the SEC. Should but, be about 13th. But, but is, well, I mean, I, I don't understand what this guy has shown that you decide he needs to be worth $6 million bucks. Who are they? I think he's, uh, he's great, great in the interview. I don't think he's great in the interview. Have you seen the guy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm totally unfamiliar with this guy, honestly. I know we play them at noon tomorrow or uh, Friday. I mean Saturday. So I'll uh, I'll be sure to make uh, make note of it. But Chris, I'm sure you're uh, in the same vein as uh, what's going on with this, correct? Yeah, because I was the one that was like, "Hey, here comes some fake years uh, added on, no buyout increase or anything." Obviously, his agent has to be Jimmy Sexton. Haven't looked that up, but that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, I did see something where he's made uh, friends in higher places than the athletic director's office. So, got to assume uh, the president. Maybe, uh, maybe he's a little political on campus, huh? Uh, but, yeah, I assume the president's office, maybe boosters. I don't really know. They did have Gary Pinkle forever, so that they do have some kind of history of uh, – picking a guy that's average and just sticking with him uh, because I guess yeah. the alternative could be worse. I don't really know how, but yeah, uh, I was, when I saw 6 million, I was, I was stunned uh, about the 6 million number. I don't have this year's so numbers. In comparison, but in comparison, what is Hypo making this year? I would assume you five. Know offhand. Okay. I, yeah. I think it's like three and a half or four this year. So this dude will definitely be making more than him. Well, and Hypel may be making. I mean, he's making five. Hypel's uh, okay. uh, okay. going to get like a eight. He'll he'll be up to like eight million or so after this year. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even remember. You know, I remember when Missouri was. Uh, who was the quarterback that was so good? Chase Brad maybe? Smith. Yeah. Chase Daniel. Right. Chase Daniel. That was a little far back, but I mean, Missouri. Oh, you're thinking of. Kind of a, uh, was that Gabbert? Was that, am I thinking of the right team? Was Blaine Gabbert the quarterback there? Ah, I can't even remember. I, I remember, was. Uh, but they've had such a such a strange history and always just kind of been mediocre. Um, I don't I don't know what the expectations are at Missouri, uh, to be honest. But it's, maybe it's not very much at all if they're doing this. <laughs> I think they're happy with seven wins and somewhat competitive. Uh, I, I, I guess mean, I, so. Maybe. I, 
but six million dollars, like you can get that for four million dollars. Well, I, as I always say, when it comes down to it, it ain't my money, so it's not. <laughs> I just I am speaking of <laughs> go ahead. I don't know who they were bidding against though. Like like I don't know that he had any suitors that were like, hey, I'm gonna pay you six million dollars. Like I if I'm Missouri, I'm like, I'm calling your bluff saying, okay, let's let, let's go somewhere, please. Please go somewhere so we can, hey, another school will give us buyout money and we could go find a coach that's equally average. All right. Well, we need to keep an eye and see if this AD is still around in a year. And that'll give us an indication if uh, they understand that this was a terrible idea. But um, <laughs> speaking of money, uh, you know, all the NIL stuff flying around, there's huge money given out to these kids. You know, I don't even know how it works being a minor, if it's just given to the parents or there's so many questions. So They're many not minors. Going on. <laughs> Do what now? They're not minors. Some of them are getting stuff in high school, aren't they? I'm I, I think they're getting promised stuff, but uh I thought they were already getting cash. I could be wrong. But anyway, NIL stuff. We need to discuss it. I told Logan we'd kind of look at it through the lens of Kentucky because w- what's going on there? Are they trying to like um, not get with the program or something or well, not give, give a bunch of teenagers millions of dollars? What's wrong with them? Well, you know, Kentucky is uh, has long been in the business of handing cash out. Uh, sometimes <laughs> we ship it. Sometimes we hand it directly. But what about McDonald's? We bags? do not yeah, use McDonald's, McDonald's bags. <laughs> what? Why not? <laughs> no, we commit mail fraud whenever we do it. Um, yeah. we're, we're not handing out Big Macs. Is that, with, is that Eddie Sutton right there? Reference? <laughs> you, like to put your, you like to put your signatures on it. We like to just throw it in the trash afterwards. Uh, you know, we, we make sure our books are accurate. Um <laughs> So here's the thing with NIL, and this is this is just going to happen everywhere. It's just a matter of which, um, basically, athletic directors, sometimes presidents, but you know, sometimes conferences. You know, money is either going to go to the school or to the players. It can't go to both. You know, I mean, there was there's some agents who have basically said, "Hey, there's enough TV money going out to these colleges that colleges should just let boosters just fund the players because they get enough TV money." Well, Kentucky's got an old school AD. Um, Mitch Barnhart may be Mitch. the best AD uh, in college sports, truly. I mean, every program they have is good or better. Um, I think over half the SEC ADs worked with or for Mitch Barnhart at some point. I mean, the, his coach, his AD tree is huge. Um, he's gotten two things wrong refuses to sell alcohol um, at the stadium. Because personally, he doesn't think they should. He doesn't drink. And so, you know, Kentucky loses out on two, three, four million dollars a year on that. Um, seconds in NI- <laughs> NIL, um, he has openly said he doesn't think players should get paid, um, to which the coaches have essentially said, I don't care what you think. This is the rules now. We got to do it. Um, so there's there's been there's been a lot of rumors that Mitch has actually gone to boosters telling them not to do NIL deals because the NCAA is going to come hammer these schools, um, not to go. You know, they Kentucky hasn't had any of these collectives or anything like that. Um, and here's the thing: Kentucky basketball is going to be fine. All those players are getting national deals. Kentucky's a national brand. Um, you know, I think every player last year is making six figures. You got to assume Nike's bankroll on that one. Yeah, I mean the basketball team's fine. 
but football team needs some help. I mean, to, to keep these guys um, from going to Tennessee, Bama, Georgia, whatever, um, they, they need some help. And so to give you an idea of where it all stems from, um, JMI owns the media rights to Kentucky. And at the time, it was the largest media rights deal in college sports. It was like 200 and something million. And that didn't include anything with TV. It was literally just the logo, broadcast rights, all that stuff to get into um, the market. Well, they quickly realized that the SEC network took off, and but basically, JMI way overpaid. Um, and so I think part of it is Mitch trying to play nice with the people that, you know who've been in his pockets forever, um, and not wanting to do, you know, not wanting to push NIL at all. Um, actually, today I got an email that said, Hey, here's a collective, you know, here's some options you have. If you want to give, if you're a business as an individual, um, but Kentucky is way behind everybody. The football coaches have been saying this for, for months and this will be a big deal because next month players are going to make a decision. Do we transfer? Or do we not? And NIL is going to be a huge player in that. Um, so Kentucky's got to get this fixed pretty quick. Um, will they or not? I don't know. Mitch is, Mitch is against it. The players are pushing it. If Stoops leaves Kentucky, this will be why. It's NIL. All right. So, I guess, Chris, on the other side, I know we've got a quarterback coming in. Uh, the $8 million, $8 million <laughs> number's been thrown around. Yeah. It's a huge, huge number. I'm, I don't really know any of the third-party stuff and who's behind all our NIL stuff. I don't know if you know any of those details or anything like that, but I know Tennessee's at least on board and getting behind all this money train stuff. So uh, talk a little bit about it, what you see, and kind of where you see it going. Uh, they're all on board with the collective. Uh, Spire Sports is their collective. They have a uh, – I don't know what you want to call it – recruiting target or annual goal of $25 million for the collective. Uh, that's the number they've thrown out uh, for them to – be competitive and stay competitive in, 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 in every sport. So 25 million is their goal. I think I looked at it uh, earlier this week just to look for the podcast purpose. They're about a third of the way there. Uh, but essentially it's Spire Sports. It's a collective. They're going all in on the collective. Uh, they're going to buy their way to, uh, to competitiveness. I mean, I think, I think, NIL is great for competitive balance uh, in football. Football's never had competitive balance. The same, the same four teams have been good in the nineties, the two thousands, twenty tens, twenty twenties. Ever since the playoffs started, you have the same four teams that are rotating three of the spots, and you may have a a wild card in the fourth spot. So, do you as know far as teams' numbers offhand? I did not. Like, okay, I didn't yeah. know if that was going to match all these other powerhouses in the SEC or not. Well, I, I do know prior to NIL, uh, Alabama had a recruiting budget of about three million. Uh, Georgia's upped it to about four and a half million. This was pre-NIL. Doesn't doesn't include under the under the radar money being paid to those players and stuff. <laughs> uh, and and the rest of the SEC was in the one to two million dollar range for the recruiting budget. Uh, so that's why Alabama and Georgia, uh, it's kind of it's kind of why they're so good right now. I mean, they were just spending more money uh, recruiting. Uh, I think there's a quote from Mike Leach, something about uh, it may have been an Arch Manning uh, visit somewhere. Texas spent maybe two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and Mike Leach is like, "Man, I could think of a lot better things to do for two hundred fifty thousand dollars than go visit Austin for a weekend." 
<laughs> something like that was was his quote about it. Uh, but Man, yeah, I mean, can we all can we real quick just all agree about the, our love for Mike Leach? Mike Leach was hilarious this weekend when his receivers must have just made him mad. He must have got some penalties or something. He's on the sideline just throwing their folding chairs on the ground. He's that been hating great. on those wide receivers all year. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know that Logan continue. likes him though. Logan, I was gonna say like I'm I'm not on the Mike Leach train yeah. like the rest of you guys. But, I think he's out there. Think, I think he's and he's a do Kentucky. You think some guy. of that stuff is hilarious though. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't think he's any funnier than Bill Belichick. I mean, I think his his rants and his answers. I mean, at this point, it's it keeps him from talking about what he's supposed to be talking about, and so that's kind of his way out of it. Um, but he's so much stranger. He's so much weirder. He's, he's weird. He's yes. weird. So when he was uh, on staff at Kentucky, um, he was known as the rollerblader. Uh, he would rollerblade <laughs> all over Lexington. <laughs> This is why we have Logan uh, on the podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> that's like that's like the perfect Mike Leach thing to do. Yes. I could imagine him rollerblading all over Lexington. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, Mike Leach is great, but the NIL stuff, I, yeah, it's uh, it's happening no matter what. You know, it's it's going. So. Oh, that was something else I was going to say. Uh, back whenever I was a manager at Tennessee Tech, 2011, 2012, uh, ten years ago, I guess. Uh, there were started talks that that NCAA was going to allow to give like a stipend, like three to five thousand dollars to the students to kind of uh, help prevent the NIL from going full bore. Uh, and the, and it, it, what happened is the NCAA rejected that, and eventually they they had th- this happened. But uh, even at Tennessee Tech, we were like, "Hey, I mean, if we if we're allowed to give five thousand to students, we have to do it." Like, like we have to do it. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just something we're going to have to adjust to. So, even at a level that's that small, uh, that it's kind of like you have to keep up, or you're going to get lapped. And I think that's where Kentucky football is. Uh, if if they don't want to spend, some, they don't have to spend twenty five million, or they don't have to spend ten million even. But if they don't spend any money, and it's just a matter of, hey, I may get this recruit, and I may pay him a couple hundred thousand. Uh, somebody else is going to sweep in and offer him five hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Somebody's going to double it. And when I so think, do these guys have to? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say I think Kentucky though they're so far behind as far as you know football with NIL is. I think their coaches are just saying, "Hey, just get the collective, get this stuff set up so that we know if we have an even even playing field or not." Like they don't even know if the money is out there yet. You know, I mean, like obviously a place like Tennessee, it's going to be there. Um, but they're trying to figure out, like, you know, the worst thing for me would be Stoops to leave just because they never gave him the chance to, to do this. Um, but they don't even know if people would actually give. Um, I mean, there are some so, donors there, but. So does it come into strategy at that point then? And then, like, do some of these guys almost turn into GMs where, let's say they could get $5 million in their collective, then do you say, what's your strategy at that point? Do you try to go after one big guy or do you try to spread it around and just get a bunch of three stars? You know, I don't know where you, where you go. Quarterbacks are king. I think, I think especially you're going to see Ohio state, you see Texas, you see Alabama, Tennessee's on the boat. Now, uh, Georgia's even been on the boat. I mean, Stetson Bennett's kind of an outlier, but I mean, if you think prior to that, they had the Easton kid, Justin Fields, uh, they, they've had five stars uh, left and right. Uh, quarterbacks are king. So I, I think if you 
if you can get a quarterback, I, I mean, if Nico, $8 million to go and rate for the second best quarterback in, the, in his recruiting class, uh, it's worth $8 million. Uh, if he's good, it's great. If he's not, oh, just lost $8 million. It's sunk cost. So, and boy, yeah, and these are all the. Our, uh, or what's the, what do they call the, yeah, what the fund, you know, the school fund? What's, what's, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, this is completely separate from that. You're talking about like the Vol, the Vol Athletic Fund? No, I mean like the uh, – I guess I'm talking about endowments. I guess it's just a number to throw out oh. there just to show how absurd it is. But I think it's in like close to a billion, isn't it? Yeah. Tennessee's over a billion, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, um, what were you going to say? Boy, these are, these are all the reasons why if you're a college coach that give it, has the opportunity to go to the pros <laughs> – you don't have to worry about recruiting. You don't have to worry about transfers. You don't have to worry about NIL. You don't, I mean, you know. That's true. That's true. I guess y'all, y'all may have swept me on this whole NFL thing. It sounds pretty cushy now. Y'all, y'all make me think it's going to be like, uh, just hanging out in the, in an office with your feet up all day. With Already a successful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we can uh, close this little segment out. We'll go to, the big segment of the podcast, the Chug Super Poor. Have any plan, but I'm going to do one on the cuff and say UT making the college football playoff. Chug Super Poor. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and chug it. What do you say, Logan? You going to butt chug it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think if I'm sitting here right now, UT making it, um, I would chug it. it would, there's a lot of things have to happen for them not to make the playoffs, um, and I just don't see all those dominoes falling. So I, I think Tennessee's in a good spot. There, I'm, I, I would chug that. All right, Pat. I'm going to chug that because Texas uh, TCU plays at Texas this week. They're seven point underdogs. Uh, if they lose, I think it guarantees a spot for Tennessee. I think they could even get up to number three. Uh, I'd be kind of shocked if they're not number three whenever all said and done. So uh, Missouri, I mean, Missouri played Georgia good, but uh, they can't score with Tennessee, especially in Knoxville. Uh, South Carolina would, would scare me if they had an offense worth a damn, but uh, Spencer Radler could be a, he's an awful quarterback. Uh, that offense is terrible. Shane Beamer is a terrible coach. Uh, yeah, so I'm not worried about South Carolina, and then we're gonna checkerboard Vandy. So, yeah, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee's going 11 and one. Uh, I and they get to avoid the SEC championship game, a game uh, that could possibly be some injuries in. Uh, so I think they'll be in good shape going into uh, the playoffs. I think they'll be the three seed when all said and done. So gotta chug it. So does it look like Georgia's going to be playing who in the West? LSU? Uh, I think LSU's losing to somebody. All right. Uh, well, so it could I don't still know. be Bama then, potentially, I guess. Well, or Ole, Ole, Miss. Miss. Ole Miss has a shot, kind of. Well, it's going to be – It's Ole Miss Bama this week. I I don't think Bama has anything to play for. I'll be curious. I don't remember the last time Saban had a team that had nothing to play for. Um, Ooh. They may all just right. all decide to sit out for the draft. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but – I mean, it's Bama Ole Miss this week. If Bama loses that one, I think they're done. I don't. They they may not win a. Well, they play Austin Peace. They may win another game, but now and they play they play Auburn too. TCU so still, I've I've heard a lot of talk about TCU going undefeated and jumping they're, us. Right now in the spots, I know that they did jump us in the. In they're the not going under, They're not. 
they're not a good team. Uh, they're going to put up some points. think they'll lose in their championship game? I think they'll lose happen? this week. I think they'll lose Saturday. Who do they play Saturday? Texas. All right. Well, let's cheer for that then. And uh, <laughs> why don't you, one of you all give us a chug sip or pour because I got nothing. Oh, I got one for you, Chris. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, is chug sip or pour? Is baseball a dying sport not dead yet but are they dying this was the lowest game six viewership for a game six ever ever almost two million fewer people watched this than game six last year chris is baseball dying chug sipper poor uh golly do I have to answer this honestly or no? <laughs> you know hey, you want me, to. Let me go ahead and answer it. Let me answer I, it first. You can I'll think about it. S- I'll sip it. It's a great sport. Uh, they need to make some changes. Thankfully, next year they made some changes um, to speed up the game. We, we're all fans of the pitch clock. We've been to a couple Smokies games. Pitch clock's great. Uh, the Eliminating the shift uh, will help the offense. Every sport makes changes to their rules to help the offense. You think of when we were growing up in the nineties, early two thousands, those, those DBs were mugging wide receivers. Uh, and the, that just doesn't happen anymore. Basketball, uh, that defense of three seconds. Uh, I mean, every sport's making rules to help the offense. Uh, and thankfully baseball's finally, uh, maybe 20 years too late on it, but they're finally making some adjustments and trying. Uh, but as far as viewership, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 162 games. Uh, I mean, I said I didn't watch hardly any of the postseason once the Braves got eliminated because the not only did the Braves beat the Phillies by 14 games, but the Mets also beat the Phillies in the same division by 14 games. <laughs> uh, and getting eliminated by the Phillies, I was just like, man, I just watched 162 games. I, I mean, I probably watched, I don't know, maybe 60 or 50, 60, maybe a third of the games. I watched at least at least a good chunk of during the regular season. And then you're like, Oh, lost three out of four uh, seasons over. That's it. Just, it, it sucked. So I'll sip. I'll try to be a little bit kind and sip with you. Uh, I'll be kind to my friend, Chris and my friend, Alan, uh, like in baseball, but I'm going to tell you a story because I turned on, I like to watch that guy that does the wild wind-up when he's pitching. He's got, like, uh, the hair extensions in and stuff. He plays for the Astros. You've seen this guy? The hair extension pitcher. Yeah, but he does a crazy wind-up that lasts about 20 seconds. He rocks back and forth and goes, like, winding back and rocking and cradles the ball. And it, it shows you crazy. how much of the World Series I watched. <laughs> well, Is I this how he tips his pitches? I don't know. He can't do it when people are on base because obviously they just steal. But um, he, it's a crazy. Walk. It's it's pretty funny to watch. But I turned it on when it wasn't him pitching, but it was another Astros pitcher, and he was in the sixth inning, and he was throwing a no hitter. And so I kept it on. I was like, I'm gonna watch. I'll see if this guy can throw a no hitter. And they pitch counted him and took him out. In the World Series, I was like, this is this is why I'm not going to cheer for baseball. I don't care about pitch counts. Like, this is the World Series, and you could throw a no-hitter. That's why that pitch count stuff is weird. They need to, like, embrace the moment, play in the World Series. Baseball, you're disappointing me. 
Chris looks like he's got something to say about that. I don't. I, I want to hear Logan's uh, thoughts on this one. Yes. Oh, Logan, it's, this is this is uh, I'm I'm chugging everything tonight. Uh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been trying to tell you off like a decade. The sport's dying. Uh, listen, when it comes to baseball, there's 162 games. Every team is going to win 60. Every team is going to lose 60. 42 games is all that really matters in baseball. Why do you play 162? Um, it's, you know, viewership. People aren't going to watch. It's too long. It's too, you know, you fall asleep after, after the third inning. You get up and go do something, and you realize that's more fun than watching baseball. I mean, <laughs> you got to let the players have fun. You got to let the players juice a little bit. You know, people talked more baseball this year than they, than they did for years because Aaron judge, I heard y'all talk about it. The dude's juicing. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm chugging it. Baseball is, you know, Mark Cuban said 10 years ago that he wouldn't, he wouldn't buy an NFL team because he thought the league wouldn't survive. And he actually just had to apologize for that a few weeks ago and said, Hey, I saw that tweet, the apology tweet said, I was, I was, I was big wrong on this one. Well, he needs to make that same bet on baseball. He won't be big wrong on that one. I mean, baseball is trying to make changes. They're, they can't support all these minor league teams. It's it's going down the tubes, boys. And as they keep making these changes, it's going to make these old stalwarts even more mad at the sport. And I think they'll eventually turn away. Hey, I was talking Dead. to an old stalwart at work. He met Roger Clemens at a minor league game in Kingsport. And so uh, we got to talk about Roger Clemens and steroids. And he said, Hey, how come everybody's always after Roger Clemens about the steroids, but nobody ever looks at Nolan Ryan? And I was like, well, I guess because Nolan Ryan never got implicated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was was there any your, steroid allegations with Nolan Ryan? I mean, the no, dude weighed about one hundred sixty-five pounds. But he was well, an how, old guy pitching fast. That's why he was saying like he was probably on the juice too. I was like, well, you go after Nolan Ryan, the American hero. Not me. How else does his arm not fall off, boys? <laughs> I don't know, but he can throw a haymaker just like yes. Robin Ventura. Hey, Chug Sipper Poor, the uh, haymaker on Robin Ventura being able to knock out a prize fighter. That was a good punch, man. Right in the face. I'm going to actually pour that out because he admit, it looked good. It, but if no, you there actually, was some that hit, though. Uh, nothing, that hit. nothing really hit that bad. It, oh, come on. Go, go, back and watch, go back and watch it, and you'll be like, that looked a lot more vicious. I I, I thought it was way worse than that. Uh, Man, maybe I'm misremembering. I'm probably misremembering just as much as I did on that uh, casket pull through the cemetery of the big boss man. I've forgotten all about that. All. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I got a chug sipper pour. This is uh, this is for Logan since he says he wants to chug everything tonight. I'm gonna <laughs> let him chug this one. Uh, chug sipper pour. College football should adopt the NFL's uh, clock rules. Ooh, um, I am sipping, but I'm I'm close to a chug. Um, college offenses are 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 good enough as it is. It's pretty darn disrespectful when there's 20 seconds left. A team can just run their normal offense, and as long as they keep picking up first downs, never have to use a timeout. I mean, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so I think they should probably go that route. I think college basketball should probably go four quarters. Um, for sure. For, so, for foul purposes. 
Yeah. I mean, so part of me kind of likes college football the way it is. Um, but at the same time, I do think it's, it's a, it's a better game. Um, I think the schools are advanced enough. They can do it. So let me, let me sip it until I chug it. I think I'll have to, uh, I guess this is a podcast tradition, but I, how do I answer this? But I think I like college rules better. <laughs> That's my answer. That would be poured out. All right. I like the college rules. I like the overtime, especially. I don't know if that's even in this conversation, but let's bring that up, too, because I like it way better than the NFL overtime. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not, but I still like the rules, the timing and stuff in the uh, in college, especially the first down stop. I just think it adds a wrinkle of strategy that's pretty cool. Uh, I know it's kind of I, – I do get what you're saying. It can be frustrating for a team to go – like three plays, 20 seconds, you're in field goal range. I'm just talking That's, about four and a half hour game times. Right. <laughs> well, I get it. Um, I don't know. What do you say, Chris? I, I'm i going to sip it. Uh, I think I might go a hybrid. I kind of like the uh, clock stops after first downs inside two minutes of each half. I, I when, the, when you get a first down and there's 14 minutes and 30 seconds left in the quarter, <laughs> uh, does the clock really need to stop there? Like, can it just keep on, keep on rolling? I mean, I don't, I don't see the purpose of that. So as far as that goes, I would, uh, I'm going to sip it because I think they could do a hybrid and do a little better. I just, I just don't like watching four and a half hour football games. Like Tennessee's fun to watch, but it's exhausting sitting there for four and a half hours. Uh, Especially, Especially if I got, a little, got the flu. <laughs> yeah, flu or punch, uh, a little punch, adult punch to get me. Uh, I mean, four hours of that, that that's a lot of drinking. So, no, what what do you and Cole call the Tito's and the Spritite? Uh, so mine's the dugout and Cole's the Sneaky Pete. Is that what sneaky it is? Sneaky Pete. <laughs> sneaky Pete. Oh, yeah, it's a Sneaky Pete. <laughs> well, um, I, go ahead, Logan. So we were talking about NIL. Um, several schools have started doing this. I'm curious, Chuck Zipper Poor, would you guys give $25 a month to your favorite college's NIL collective? Like, where, where's your price range there? I'll pour that out. Can I pour that out? I'll pour that out. <laughs> I ain't giving a damn dime to that. Uh, that's, that's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't care that much. It. And I also view it as okay. What's twenty five dollars really going to do? You know what I mean? Like twenty twenty five dollars, cool. Like that's cool. I mean, it's not going to change anything in my household, but at the same time, it's like, would the twenty five dollars be better used on my kid's shoes or Tennessee uh, extra water bottle? Like, <laughs> come on now. What I, a, I don't. What a terrible. What a terrible socialist you are. <laughs> I thought about it for a, quite a while until you said it was ridiculous, and I was like, "Yeah, that is ridiculous." <laughs> I was like, "I think I might do that. I might even pay forty dollars." But uh, no, I think I, I think I would think about that for about thirty seconds and say, "No, I think I'd have to uh, not do that." I I See, do think I do think colleges like when they win big games, like the Tennessee Alabama game, like throw something out there to try to raise money. Like where the iron's hot, like I'm good with that. Uh, but just a random day in April. Hey, you want to give $25 a month to Tennessee athletics? No. <laughs> so two things. One, I would sip it 
based on if I'm just writing a check for 25 bucks, they pulled out of my account each month, I'm pouring that out. But if there's some sort of perk, some sort of benefit that comes with it, you know, um, depending on what that perk is, it might be enough for me to entertain my kid to, you know, um, suck them into Kentucky sports or something. But you now, were talking. Now you're talking about language right there. <laughs> but you were talking about, you know, after a big game asking for money, did you guys see Kansas throw some shade at UT last week? Uh, maybe. What was it about? The goalpost. So, yeah. The goalpost. So Kansas stormed the field, tore the goalpost down. Two days later, put a new one up in the the Kansas Jayhawk Athletic Twitter account. Took a picture of the goalpost and said, "Don't worry, fans. We won't be asking for a GoFundMe for this, <laughs> or like no GoFundMe needed, or something like that." Now, I did think that that was a little bit tacky. It seemed a little bit tacky, and that's where I look at that. That's that word I was talking about endowment. You know. That number is so huge, just the money that's involved in this whole game, you know, um, that asking for money for the goalpost did seem a little gauche. Especially when you already have the goalpost in the stadium. You're literally not <laughs> buying anything. <laughs> it's just a definite money grab. <laughs> I mean, they, these goalposts have been under kneeling since 97 or 98. I mean, Wait a second. Now the goalposts were under Neyland. I don't know this story. Oh yeah, oh, they, they have a backup. Yeah, every yeah, school, always. Yeah, every school's yeah. got they a didn't backup. Didn't have to go get one fabricated somewhere. Oh, they went and got it fabricated, but it was the replacement for the replacement. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, guys, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I got to get up, drive to Nashville in the morning, Veterans Day tomorrow, off work. Uh, you guys got any big school plans board this weekend? School board stuff? School, school board events, and I get to meet uh, Philip Fulmer potentially on Sunday morning. Oh, boy. Speaking of Philip Fulmer, you were right. I think he does own at least a portion of that building is what I was told today. That's why I almost hit him in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I told Boyd that I had almost hit Phil Fulmer because he was standing in the middle of the parking lot like he owned it. And McClure was like, it's you know, Logan, he actually he, may, he actually may own that. And I was like, no way. I went to lunch with a guy today and I told him the story and he said, oh, Logan, I actually do think he owns part of this building right here. <laughs> well, that's classic. Yeah, definitely. He probably does. It's Knoxville. Why not? How about you, Christopher? You doing anything big? Uh, no, I was going to go see my parents this weekend, but it's supposed to rain Friday, Saturday. So taking the kids to see the grandparents, uh, and then just be stuck in the house doesn't seem like a... And plus driving in the rain, I'm like, eh. I'm just going to stick it out in Columbia this weekend. Not do much All of right. anything. So. How about how about you, Log Dog? Well, we got uh, we got game three of the big six- and seven-year-old basketball league on Saturday morning. Oh. Um, we're expecting a big comeback from the from the Nets that I'm coaching. Uh, we, we're down to five guys. We lost two of them in the second half because they were too tired and needed a breather. Um, that's some Johnson athletics right there. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so we're, hey, we're this, hoping, this, uh, we're hoping for a full, for a full roster and, uh, uh, bring back another dub. Um, does Brody, so does Brody have any nicknames? Like when I was playing that five and six year old league, I fouled out so much that they called me the butcher. That happened so many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
No, but we did win our first game, and Brody's best friend, Bennett, um, is really only playing because Brody's on the team and I'm coaching. He doesn't really care for sports, doesn't, didn't want to play. Mom kind of made him. And so he ended up scoring all of our second-half points in the first game. Um, so we win like 9-6. to six. Bennett has most of the points. And so after the game, we're sitting there, and Brody's like, man, basketball's just not fair. Bennett doesn't even like basketball, and he's our best player. <laughs> uh, so not fair isn't how it? <laughs> uh how rough are those uh saturday morning uh five-year-old uh Ooh. basketball games because because my kids he's five now so we're we're actually pushing him to anything but sports right now so we can avoid those saturday morning uh athletic events yeah now, I, listen, I gotta i gotta brag on jameson for a second we were in the backyard two weeks ago AWOL throws a beamer in the sky. I mean, that thing was 30 feet in the air. Jameson, four years – is he four years old? Uh, he's six now. Six oh, now. sorry, man, six. I'm way off. <laughs> I, I, just said he was, I said he was five about 30, 35 seconds ago, so it's okay. Yeah, okay, sorry. So, <laughs> we were, we're, we're close. Anyway, young. Anyway, he caught that thing. It, I mean, he had like hands like crazy. We were super impressed. And then he throws bombs across the yard. So uh, got some you, got some prowess there, man. You might need he to loves cult- sports. We're just that. yeah, we're just trying to avoid this uh, Saturday morning <laughs> games. Yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. We um we have the Friday night practice Saturday morning game doubleheader. Oh, it's it's brutal. Um, so five thirty practices, and then we're supposed to play first games on Saturday morning because we're the youngest age group. But so far, we've been playing at eleven o'clock on Saturdays. But it could be worse. There, there's some teams that practice at 7:30 on Fridays and play at like two o'clock on Saturdays, and I'm like, no, thank you. My kid would not be signed up. I'm I'm okay during the week. I wouldn't mind it during the week thing at night. Yeah, that that, that's okay. But you get you get into my weekends. You're getting to my golf game. So (laughs) our our Friday practices the last three or four weeks have gotten shorter every week. I'm like, all right, kids, y'all go ahead and go. Let's get out of here. It's y'all worked hard today. When I coached five- and six-year-old basketball, we only had one kid that could dribble. So when he didn't show up, you know, it's like, what drills do you run? <laughs> we just kind of run around for a while. But, Play uh, dodgeball. It was I, fun stuff. Yeah, I had a parent come up to me after the last game and say, Coach, you know, we, we couldn't really get the ball across half court in the second half. What are we supposed to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Teach your kid how to dribble. Like, I, I don't want – what do you want me to tell you? Like, <laughs> shut up and dribble. That's what, they're six years old. Like, they can't dribble – it can't beat their man. I got I, okay. I mean, uh, oh man, fun it's times. Fun. It's going to be a fun uh, Veterans Day weekend. Sounds like so. We'll uh, we'll put a cap on this one, but fellas, I'll. Uh, it's been fun, Logan. The return, log dog, Colette. You have a good weekend, and uh, I'll let you guys do the tagline. Peace out, fellas. If you drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl.